1: Welcome to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt, and we are having a good day as far as technology goes. So if you're watching us on Facebook, please share us with your friends and family. You can also watch us on the phone app or on FISM.tv, or on the financialissues.org website. So I just wanted to give you an update on where we are with the India Partners campaign that we just started, and it's going to be running through the end of this month. So our goal is to help India Partners raise $100,000 so that they can provide safety and rescue children out of the sex trade in India. So there's information on the front page of the website uh, financialissues.org. You can go there and you can click on that India Partners banner, and it's going to give you some information about how you can help. Now, any amount that you can donate is appreciated. What we're looking for to meet the goal, we're at about four percent of the goal right now, and we're hoping to to finish strong. I know it's summer, and I know there's a lot. Lots of things going on, but you know stewardship is of utmost importance, and you know these children uh, really could use our support. Not all of us can go to India and minister to people or spread the gospel to the ends of the earth, but we can send our dollars. So we have right now. We just finished up the first half of the year, and the markets have had the worst first half of the year since 1970. So (laughs) the worst first half in 50 years. You've got crypto down more than 70%. You've got gold down 13.8% since March. And even the bond market is down over 10% year to date. And if that's not enough for you, we have an inverted yield curve again. So what that means is that a normal yield curve is should be Positively correlated with risk and time. So the longer you go with a fixed income investment, the higher the interest rate or the reward is. So that's what a normal yield curve looks like. For example, we all know if we go look for CDs, a five-year CD in normal circumstances pays more than a one-year CD because you have to lock up your money for a longer period of time. Or not lock it up but you have to give up some liquidity um, for a longer period of time so under normal circumstances the higher the rate or, or the longer the, the term the higher the rate so there are times in history where the yield curve does invert meaning that shorter term rates are higher than longer term rates and so what the experts look at here, they look at an inverted yield curve as somewhat of a predictor of recession. So what they look at is they look at the two-year treasury and the 10-year treasury. And since 1900, the yield curve has inverted 28 times. In 22 of these instances, a recession followed. So that's 78% of the time the 210 inversion has predicted recession or has indicated a recession. For the last six recessions, a recession on average began six to 36 months after the curve inverted. So we've seen brief inversions in the yield curve, I think three times this year. Uh, Before March, the last time the 210 part of the curve inverted was 2019. And the following year, the U.S. entered a recession Well, I don't really see how that inverted yield curve could have predicted a pandemic. But I think that was more just of a coincidence. Um, So it's not only the economic experts that are talking of recession. There are 74% of consumers that are concerned about a recession, according to a new survey. In addition, 85% are worried about inflation and fifty six percent are already seeing their standard of living start to decrease. So, you know, what does this mean? Are we are we going to have a recession? Are we not going to have a recession? Will we? Won't we? Does it really matter? Sounds like we have a huge wall of worry that's getting bigger and bigger. Well, guess what? The stock market has one hundred percent of the time had fifty two week lows, even during recessions. So. Lows represent buying opportunities. Uh, when it comes to investing, hindsight is twenty twenty. But we do well to understand that most people, including the experts, have a bad case of hyper... <laughs> I can't even say it. Farsightedness. <laughs> um, and that is trouble seeing things up close. So symptoms of farsightedness are eye strain and headaches and when we're really talking about farsightedness. But, you know, we get the same thing. We get headaches and eye strain when we try to look too closely at what's happening in the short term. So let's just stop spinning our wheels and trying to guess what's going to happen. You know, if you didn't get out nine months ago, you missed the 52-week high. If you do it now, where will you go? We already talked about all of the markets being negative. When will you get back in? 30% of people that get out don't get back in. You know, let's do what farsighted people do. Let's focus on the long term because that's where the clarity is. Better yet, let's do what the scripture commands. Let's fix our eyes not on our portfolios, but on Jesus. When we do, the things of this world, like recession, will go strangely dim. So my prediction is that one day soon your portfolio will be totally worthless because the because the market is crashing. Well, maybe. But even if it doesn't, your portfolio is still headed for zero. It has zero value in eternity. So I'm Shanna Burt with Financial Issues, and we'll be back right after this break. Thank you for your
3: services, and I just want to call to encourage everybody listening to become members.
0: At Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, our goal is to help Christians make financial decisions that
3: honor God. I have never found anyone in the finance system Even Christians who have this passion and and the honesty that you have,
1: you're not taking anything in. It is
2: incredibly generous of you
0: what you're doing. Go to financialissues.org and become a partner today.
1: Stay connected with us wherever you are.
3: Watch FISM-TV on the go, 24-7. Download our free app today. Available now on iTunes App Store. Android, Google Play Store, and Amazon App Store.
0: Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review.
1: Welcome back to Financial Issues. I am Shanna Burt. We're going to try to get right to calls this morning, and we're going to see if we can hear Nicole. Nicole's calling from West Virginia. Hello, how are you? I am 50 two. And with my TSP, I did the recommended asset allocation. When I became a partner, it was several months ago. And I was wondering what the way the market
3: is now. Should I put it into the G fund or should I keep it as it is?
1: So you could go with the uh, asset allocation models. There are some asset allocation models if you're a partner up on the Partner side of the website. Now, what we do recommend is that you dollar cost average into those positions. So, if you are all in cash right now, then I would, you know, divide that up by six to nine months and move in a little bit at a time. Have your ongoing contributions just set up to whatever the allocations are. Um, I think you could go ahead and start that. You'd be okay to start that right now, but there are going to be um, a few small changes to the asset allocation models for TSP.
2: Okay, because
1: TSP is pretty much impossible to be biblically responsible, correct? Use the G fund. So the G fund is just going to be made up of government bond securities, but um, the other, the S fund and the C fund, are. And the iFund are all going to, they're not screened They're for biblically responsible activity. So unfortunately, you know, those are the only options that you have in the TSP plan. So I'm Sheena Burt with Financial Issues, and we're going to be back right after this.
0: people are talking a lot about healthcare these days there are so many changes so many questions as Christians where can we turn for answers at Samaritan Ministries we believe the answer is in Jesus Christ working in the lives of his people demonstrating Christian community by sharing each other's medical needs scripturally faithfully here's just part of Brett's story in his own words when I reflect on Samaritan Ministries the biggest thing that stands out to me is that we as a body of believers are living out new Testament Christianity, this idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. It it, it has a profound impact on people like me and my wife. Brett is just one of more than 150,000 members who are sharing over $13 million in medical needs each month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your health care needs and you'd like to
3: see what other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org. Have you ever thought about banking with a credit union instead of a traditional bank?
1: Not really, but I think my parents have a credit union account.
3: Do you know the difference between a bank and a credit union? Mm, No. Banks are owned by stockholders, so they do their best to make profits for them. But credit unions are owned by their members, and the members see their profits through lower rates and higher interest on savings accounts. And at Christian Community Credit Union, Our mission is to help members and ministries become better stewards and achieve their financial goals. Our mobile and tablet apps provide easy, safe, and convenient banking. It's like banking at your fingertips 24-7. When you bank with us, you're banking with someone who shares your faith and values. To get started today, visit us online at mycccu.com. Christian Community Credit Union. Your money building God's kingdom.
0: I pray that in these trying times, that I can lead him in a way that I know will leave a godly imprint on his heart forever.
1: And And to show her how to live a life that is pure, I want her to understand how precious life is and to to take care care of his body, to eat right and exercise and understand that his body is a temple temple of of God. God.
2: I pray that our family will love Jesus Read his word daily and obey his teaching. The values that we share should guide us in the way that we invest. Make sure that you are investing in companies whose policies and practices align with pro-life, pro-family values. Visit thetimothyplan.com or call for more information. Advance the kingdom in the way that you invest.
0: Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review.
1: Welcome back to Financial Issues. I am Shanna Burt. I'm a financial advisor in private practice. Securities are offered through GA, REPL, and Company, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, members of FINRA and SIPC. My opinions are my own and don't necessarily reflect those of the media outlet that you're listening on or my broker dealer. So important to get that out there as we go right to calls. We're going to hear from Tim in Mississippi. Hi, Tim.
2: Um, I've got a question about RMDs. Okay. Um, I'm fixing to have to start taking mine because I'm 72 and, um, I've got one with Fidelity which is an IRA and I've got one that I'm still contributing to which is uh with Mass Mutual. And um uh, what I was trying to figure out is do I combine those to get my um RMD or 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 what do I do?
1: Yep, that's exactly what you do. Um most of the brokerage platforms that you will use um will print your RMD on your statement as long as they've had. So the RMD is calculated by the year-end value of the prior year, so the December 31st value, and a life expectancy. So if you don't have that printed on your statement, you could always call them and find out what it is. Um, or you can get online, you know, there's a lot of good RMD calculators that are pretty easy to use there, but you do have to, there is an RMD requirement for every single IRA account that you have. Now, it doesn't matter which one that you take them from, but, you know, as you might be experiencing right now, it can be a little bit cumbersome to have multiple different accounts and to try to keep up with all of those.
2: Yeah. Um, I guess that's what I needed to know then (laughs) and I really appreciate it so um, thank you and have a good day
1: well great thanks for calling we appreciate your support so, Seth, I believe we've got some uh, Ask Shanna questions, right, from the website? Yes, we
0: do, Shanna. We've got quite a few here. The first one is from Renee. She's saying, good morning, Shanna. She wants to know about five stocks, IN73, IN70, IT68, IT91, and CS71. All of these are down quite a bit. They were on the buy list some time ago. Would you recommend still buying them? I currently do not own them. Thank you for all you're doing.
1: Uh, well, Renee, I mean, those five stocks that you mentioned are probably pretty decent buys. Um, however, what I would say is that we are very close to getting the buy list reinstituted. So we're working very hard on it this week. We're hoping to have some recommendations posted up on Monday. So if you could just hang tight until then, I think that would be the best bet.
0: Great stuff, Shannon. And then we've got Rob here saying, uh, my, uh, my wife and I have about $300,000 uh, in a, a particular uh, annuity. We plan to take income from them in three years at age 75. How should we presently designate these in our tracker?
1: Well, that's a little bit difficult. Um, there's If they are fixed annuities, you could allocate them toward the fixed income portion of the portfolio, like the... Um, if the Timothy fixed income is in your asset allocation model, you can allocate them there. It doesn't say whether they're fixed or variable. I'm suspecting that they are probably variable. If they are, then it's um, you just have to kind of allocate them into the other category. There's it doesn't really they don't really fit well with the uh, financial issue strategy. you can't really break them out by sector because um, it's sometimes a little bit difficult to see exactly what you're invested in. If it's just um, an index, then you could code it towards the uh, one of the Timothy ETFs, but they really they really don't fit in the, the strategy or the tracker.
0: Good stuff, Shannon. Next one here is from Mario. He's asking, for those in the 55 to 65 and 65 and up, should we base our asset allocation on the numbers from your June 12th email or numbers from the partner side of the website?
1: As far as I know, those should be consistent. So I will have Pat check on that and make sure that uh, that those those two things do line up. And if they're not consistent, then we will get them Uh, corrected and updated.
0: Good stuff, Shannon. Then last one here is from Wayne. He doesn't have a question as much as needing counsel and wisdom on what his financial plan should be. His priority is to honor God and get biblically sound with his investments. He's sixty-seven, retired three months ago, married, and his wife and I, his his wife, are receiving Social Security and two other small pensions. They don't need additional income at this at uh, at this time. He has a four hundred one k and a four hundred one a with his past employer. Both are in a twenty twenty five target date fund with a mix of sixty percent stocks, forty percent bonds. His past employer allows him to keep this account active as long as he wants, but cannot achieve biblically sound stocks. And all contributions to these accounts have stopped due to retiring. They're starting to review all the videos again since they're in a new season of life. And he also wanted to thank you, Shanna, and uh, the uh, team as well, thanking the Lord for all of us and asking him to continue to bless the ministry and give us wisdom on how to carry on for him. Thank you so much, Wayne.
1: That is good stuff. So you know, you say that you need counsel, but it sounds like you're absolutely on the right track. Um, getting biblically responsible is the best way that you can honor the Lord in in everything that you're doing. you know psalm twenty four one says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And if we can really get our minds right about that, that, the name on your statement the name on your bank account the name on your credit card the name on the title of your car um are very misleading nothing actually belongs to us the lord made everything and it is uh it is all his so uh being a good steward means that we honor the lord with everything that he's given us, so um, so many times it's not possible to be biblically responsible with a four hundred one k or anything like that because they don't screen. So what we do with biblically responsible investing is I believe that when we own a stock or a mutual fund, we're taking what the world calls an ownership position in that. Company. Now we know we don't own it; (laughs) everything belongs to the Lord, but we still have responsibility over it. So, if we invest in stocks or mutual funds by buying the shares, we are entitled to our share of the company's profits um, and and assets. But we don't get to make the day to day decisions about what happens with those companies. We're buying stock because we don't have time to run the a company like that ourselves, or the capabilities or the resources or whatever it might be. So we're trusting those decisions to the management of the company. And um, sometimes those companies will use shareholder money to get engaged in the culture war. So they will do things like supporting abortion. One of the things that we're seeing with the overturning of Roe v. Wade right now is that you've got a lot of companies that are coming out and saying, Oh, well, if you can't get health care or abortion in your state, then we're going to give you $4,000 to go to another state so that you can murder your baby. We don't want to be a part of that. We don't want to be part of the LGBT uh, Q plus, <laughs> you know, the alphabet just keeps getting longer and longer, uh, movement because, not because we're bigots or judgmental or critical or anything or hypocrites or anything like that, It's because we believe that God knows best for us. And God defined marriage as one man and one woman for life. And when God says do something or don't do something, it's for our good because he loves us. So we don't want to promote an agenda that's going to lead people into a path of sin that's just going to destroy their lives. So we we. Commit to being biblically responsible to honor the Lord, and that's great. You're on the right track. You're watching the videos. You're going to be given an opportunity to move that into an account where you can manage it and be biblically responsible, and you will be doing the very best thing that you can for your portfolio, which is to put Jesus in first place. And live out your values. All right. I think we've got some more questions on social that we can get to here. Tyler saying, I have not been able to listen as often as I like lately because of my work schedule. So maybe I missed it. But I had to submit a question about two weeks ago regarding energy stocks, E44. But to add a more specific question, I'm 54 and have already been holding E44 at least six years it was already at a significant profit until the recent significant drops over the past month so i'm still holding some profit just want to know your thoughts on the stock going forward um i think it is it is fine to continue to hold especially in, in the environment that we're going to be in um it pays a pretty decent dividend and as long as it's not, you're not overweighted in the position. So no matter how great a stock is, you don't want to get too concentrated in that one particular stock. So I would say anything over 2 to maybe 3% is plenty to have. In one particular company, so that's where I would look to see to get the answer to that. Um, otherwise, I think it's fine to continue to hold it. And we are working diligently on getting the buy list going again. Um, we have a have a meeting this week, and we're going to finalize some things hopefully. And the target to get the new buy list up or at least some things onto the buy list is going to be this coming Monday so we really appreciate all of the partners that are sticking with us and hanging in there as we make this transition after the loss of Dan we sure do we sure do miss him and wish he were still with us but you know the Lord is the one who raised up this ministry through Dan's obedience and it is the Lord who is going to continue this ministry and continue to, to help us with these things. And we have a campaign going with India Partners right now where we are using our resources to help battle human trafficking. We are uh, donating money to India Partners to help them rescue children out of the sex trade in India There's a banner on our website. If you go there, there's an India Partners. You can click on that. It'll give you all of the information. Our goal is to raise $100,000 to help provide safety to these children who are growing up literally in the sex trade and rescue these children and give them shelter, food, and and an education so that they don't feel trapped to return to the, the only way of life that they've known. So we're looking for 400 partners who would commit $275 or more to the campaign. Now, of course, you don't have to do $275. Any amount is appreciated. Whatever the Lord lays on your heart to give is what you should give. Um, But it's it's a great cause. India Partners is a strong ministry, and they're doing great things in India. So check that out, pray about it, and see where the Lord leads. I'm Shana Burt with Financial Issues, and we'll be back right after this next break.
2: Do you know what you are supporting when you purchase mutual funds and stocks? Think about it. When you invest in a company, you make a decision to support the things that that company supports. And it may not be things that you agree with.
1: We had no idea that we were supporting things like abortion, gambling, and pornography. Thanks to Financial
0: Issues, we have changed all of that and have never felt better about our money.
1: We are honoring
0: God.
2: The best decision we have ever made. Financial Issues is a ministry teaching people like you how to invest biblically, responsibly, keeping your investments clear of companies that may support an ungodly agenda. Grow your money God's way. Learn more by going to financialissues.org. Become a partner. Honor God and take control of your finances. Financialissues.org.
0: Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review. Well,
1: welcome back to Financial Issues. I am Shanna Burt. And I'm a, an advisor in private practice. Securities are offered through GA, Reppel and Company, a registered broker-dealer, and investment advisor, members of FINRA and SIPC. So important as I get that little disclaimer out there as we're going to be going right to your questions on social and calls. So on social, we have Diane. Diane says, did I imagine it or did I hear that I could designate a sum of... From my IRA into checking account to use only for tithes, charities, nonprofits, without first paying the taxes on that amount. Well, Diane, um, part of that you, you did hear. Uh, some of that correctly, but some of it needs to kind of be corrected. So, you can, if you're 70 and a half years old, and that is the key there, you have to be 70 and a half, you can do distributions directly from your IRA. It's called a QCD or a qualified charitable distribution. And if you make those uh, distributions directly to a nonprofit organization, then the money will come out tax free. So, Um, You cannot deposit it into your checking account and then write the checks on it. That won't work. Um, It has to go directly to the ministry or the nonprofit organization. Uh, You can have the check mailed to your address, but it does have to be made out to the organization that it's going to. And there's a second part to that as well. If you're not doing your own taxes, you need to let your tax person know that you're doing a qualified charitable distribution because if they don't report that correctly on your tax return, then you won't receive the tax benefit for it. If you're doing your taxes on your own, of course, I'm not a tax professional and I'm not giving tax advice, but you will get a 1099 for... All of the distributions made from your IRA, and you want that to happen because you want to make sure that the government knows that you're taking the full amount of your required minimum distribution if you have one, and the only way for that to happen is for the income to be reported on the 1099. Now, what happens is that there's another line that says, you know, it says total amount distributed, and then it says taxable amount. So you're going to want to subtract the money that went directly to the nonprofit organization, and that's going to be the taxable amount that gets reported on your tax return. Now, you will get some documents from uh, wherever you hold your IRA account, uh, our organization sends out letters and it says, you know, this amount was distributed to this organization on this date. Now, you don't really have to do anything with those letters. I recommend if you're using a tax professional that you get those letters to them so that they know exactly um where that money has, has to be accounted for, but you want to save those letters just in case you ever do get questioned or get audited. You have proof of where the money went. So it is your responsibility to maintain those records. Great question, though. I'm glad she asked. And Bert is saying, my 401k through work is with Fidelity, and I've lost 30000 which at the start of the year... Uh, Biden took office, it had around 210000 I dropped my contribution down to 6%, which is the max contribution from what Dan suggested to other callers as I was working on diversifying through Timothy Funds through a Roth. What should I do about my 401k continuing to lose money? Should I cash it out and take the loss? Well, it doesn't really say how old Bert is, but if he's working and he is in the accumulation phase of his life cycle, I would say that it's probably a pretty good idea just to continue on with what you're doing. Um, if you're within five years of retirement, perhaps you want to make some adjustments to the asset allocation, but I don't recommend, unless you're just in a financial bind, I don't recommend under any circumstance to stop contributing. Um when you're in the accumulation phase of your of your life cycle, that means that's when you're putting money in regularly, like you do with a 401k, you're doing something that we call dollar cost averaging. So as the investments that, and I, I don't even say the word market, but as the investments that you're investing in are going down in price, you're buying more shares. So you're accumulating more and more shares. At a lower price and that is going to be a very good thing for your cost basis um, it's going to lower your cost basis so I, I don't think it's a good idea to cash it out and take the loss um, continue contributing buy more shares at cheaper prices and uh, as far as the contribution amount you know Dan was a very big advocate and I am in the same camp Uh, I caution people all the time not to get too much of their liquid net worth wrapped up in qualified accounts. Qualified account is an account that qualifies for special tax treatment because the government says so. So the government passed laws creating 401ks and company retirement plans and individual retirement plans, and they let you you know, put money in pre-tax, which means that uh, you save money, you don't pay taxes on that as income right now. It gets to be invested and grow uh, at some future rate, and you get to take it out at some point in the future. Now, the issue with that is that we don't know what taxes are going to be in the future. Um, In the camp, I believe taxes are going to be higher in the future than what they are today because our country is drowning in debt at over $30 trillion, and there seems to be no signs of any reversal in that trend. The country is uh, spending way more money than it brings in, even though Biden wants to talk about what a great economy we have and how he has reduced the deficit Uh, during his term, which is just plain silly. I mean, he. yes, it's technically true for one year, but we were coming off of a pandemic where uh, the government released a lot of money into the economy to the U.S. citizens because they needed help, because they shut the economy down, and they should have done that. But... Biden comes in after he passes a huge bill and tries to pass the bill back better and and get another four trillion dollar pass. But thanks to senators like Manchin and Cinema, you know, they stop that. But after his plans were thwarted, then he starts to talk about how he's reduced the deficit. But rabbit rabbit trail there. <laughs> but you know, the the point of the story is that even though he claims to be reducing the deficit, the government is still spending way more money than they're bringing in. They're bringing in over $4 trillion in tax revenue. They're spending over six. The national debt is just continuing to spiral out of control, and it's just going to get worse as interest rates go higher because the cost on servicing that debt is just going to go up. So the government doesn't make money. They only appropriate money. We, the people have given the government the ability to decide what to spend, what to spend it on, and then the authority to collect that money from us in taxes. So even if we do get a more fiscally conservative administration in at some point, which, you know, that would probably be just about our only hope to save this country. um, You know, even if that continues to happen, if, even if we do get a more conservative administration that comes in, to be responsible, we're going to have to raise taxes. I mean, we're just going to have to pay for what we've already spent, and we're going to have to get a grip on what we're spending. We're going to have to reduce the size of government. We're going to have to reduce the cost of government if we want to see any chance of America surviving financially. So... Back to your question, Bert. Sorry about that little rabbit trail. But um, 6% is good. You want to try to get the free money that your employer is offering by contributing the match that you need to contribute um, to get that. But you want to start to diversify into other types of accounts. So you want to have some non-qualified, just investment accounts. If you can save more than just the 6%, then I encourage you to, to, say, to save or invest, but do it in a non-qualified account. So um, we have a question here from Barry, and he said, It's a great endeavor. You are continuing God's work without Dan by your side. We will all miss Dan and his ministry, but he left... F-I-S-M in good hands and I always listen to you when you're on. I have just retired and rolled my 401k over into a traditional IRA with fidelity and I want to follow the income model in the partner section. I'm 61. Do I need to wait for an update on your asset allocation models or use them as they are? Well Barry I would say at 61 you you have quite a bit of life expectancy ahead of you you know you, you probably have at least 20 to 25 years life expectancy I would probably lean more towards the 65 into retirement uh, model. That one has recently been updated, so you you would be good to go on that one. I don't really anticipate many changes to the income portfolio. The income portfolio, uh, I tend to recommend for people who have a statistical life expectancy, and I'm not speaking death over anybody when I say this, but a statistical life expectancy of 10 years or less because it is more focused on creating Uh, income rather than growth. And at 61, you need to have some growth with the income. Now you can still be intently income focused as you're building your portfolio. And within the sectors, as you're choosing uh, individual stocks to build that portfolio, you can really focus on the ones that have a much higher yield, just like you would do if you were building an income portfolio. So, folks, we are coming up on a break here. I'm Shanna Burt with Financial Issues, and um, we're just going to continue on, and we'll get to calls and some more social and some more of my thoughts. back. Here at the AFA Foundation, we help families just like yours shore up permanent income for their retirement years through our charitable gift annuities.
0: AFA Foundation's Associate Director, Chelsea Wildman.
1: We would love to work with you to see if a charitable gift annuity is right for your situation. With a charitable gift annuity, you'll be giving to the culture-transforming work of the American Family Association, and you'll be ensuring that you receive a lifetime income and excellent tax benefits. You can fund a CGA through cash, credit card, or stock. Why not reach out to the AFA Foundation team today?
0: A charitable gift annuity benefits you and helps ensure the AFA will impact America for generations to come. Call 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension
2: 345.
1: Give us a call and let's talk about a charitable gift annuity.
2: When I got to hear how strong her heartbeat was. I was
3: like, I felt like she was supposed to be here. And it didn't matter what anybody else told me all that mattered was that I was blessed with the ability to carry life inside of my body. And that baby was supposed to be here for something. And that was all that mattered.
2: This is the story of a young lady who decided to keep her baby after hearing her baby's beautiful heartbeat on ultrasound. The Ministry of Preborn provides ultrasounds for pregnancy centers across America for free. When an abortion-minded woman hears her baby's heartbeat on ultrasound, she is 80% more likely to keep her baby. And the story does doesn't end there. Your gift of $140 will cover the cost of five ultrasounds. All donations are tax deductible. You can help save a baby's life right here in America by donating to Preborn. To donate, dial pound 250, keyword baby, pound 250, baby, or donate securely at preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Do you know what you are supporting when you purchase mutual funds and stocks? think about it when you invest in a company you make a decision to support the things that that company supports and it may not be things that you agree with
1: we had no idea that we were supporting things like abortion gambling and pornography
0: thanks to financial issues we have changed all of that and have never felt better about our money
1: we are honoring god
2: the best decision we have ever made Financial Issues is a ministry teaching people like you how to invest biblically, responsibly, keeping your investments clear of companies that may support an ungodly agenda. Grow your money God's way. Learn more by going to financialissues.org. Become a partner. Honor God and take control of your finances. Financialissues.org.
0: Welcome to FISM News. I'm Ian Patrick. And I'm Samuel Case. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with the news of the day. At FISM News, we strive to report stories as clearly and simply as possible for your benefit. Stories that you need to know. You can watch us on FISM.TV and by downloading the FISM app. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FISM News. The opinions and recommendations expressed on this show do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors.
1: Well, welcome to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt, and I'm continuing on for our beloved founder, Dan Celia, who has gone into glory. So we thank you for all uh, all of you for sticking with us and, and hanging in there as we've uh, weathered this transition. And we feel like, you know, the Lord is leading us. We're we're getting more and more clarity every day. So we, we thank you for sticking with us. So let's get right to some social questions. What do we have on social, Seth?
0: Yep, we got some good stuff here, Shanna. Uh, we've got Joe from Arkansas saying, good morning, Shanna. Love the look of the new studio. I do too, Joe. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs>
0: yep. And then Mia saying, good morning. Good morning, Mia. Uh, and then Joanne is uh, from Facebook saying, Dan had told me to wait until I get closer to retirement. Should I be looking at anything now the way things are now? And I, I assume, Shanna, she's talking about investing. Uh, I'm still working in 72. I'm with Fidelity at work and want to stay with them when I retire. Is there a fee to be with them after retirement? Now I have stocks and bonds at Fidelity, but I want to be biblically responsible. I plan to retire December 15th,
1: 2025. Okay. Great information there. So, you know, yes, there are things if you're, if you're still working and you're contributing to a 401k plan, especially during times of volatility, which we've been experiencing now. You heard me say in the first part of the show that we've had the the worst first half in 50 years. So if you're in the accumulation phase of your life cycle where you're saving money and putting money back, Volatility is your friend because you're buying more shares um, at cheaper prices and you'll you'll do well when things start to recover. So most of the time, whether it's Fidelity or any other company, your employer pays the majority of the cost of a 401k plan because it's an employer sponsored plan. Um, So you usually don't have many fees. Now, Inside the mutual funds that you're offered, there are always fees, and those come in the form of operating expenses or expense ratios, and you can find that information in the prospectus. So it just depends on what kind of investments that you have as to what the costs are. Now, if you do stay with Fidelity after you retire, you'll probably be given the opportunity to roll over into an IRA. And whether or not you have a fee will just depend on what kind of products that you choose. So if you go on to the discount brokerage side of Fidelity, then you probably won't have many fees uh, to deal with there. And then you could follow along with our partner strategy here and be biblically responsible. Lynn's calling us from Oregon. Hi, Lynn.
3: Good morning, Shanna. Uh, can you tell me about reverse mortgages, what to be aware of, um, what
2: kind of questions to ask?
1: Yeah, so um, reverse reverse mortgages um, is a situation where you have an asset, which is a, a home that is paid off or a piece of property that is paid off, and you actually uh, do the reverse of a mortgage. So rather than having uh, payments made to pay down debt that you owe, you're actually getting payments and um, creating a, a a liability on your property. So, I mean, it is a way that you could increase cash flow uh, during retirement. It's one of my least favorite strategies, but you know, in in the case of um, you know, if you've explored all of the other options for income. And you just really don't want to sell your property to get your equity out of it. Then that that could be uh, an option for you. You want to be aware of what the fees are. So reverse mortgages a lot of times can be pretty expensive. So you'll want to understand how they work. You know they they're required to give you a guide, but you know let's face it, most people don't read that. I mean I think that you should. I mean it. It, the the guide that they give you is is pretty straightforward, um, but a lot of times they're written in a way that's that's too complicated or people would just rather have it explained to them so I would say the fees and you know the uh, the terms of the contract are very important to understand
2: what if it's in a situation where you can't afford to make payments to stay in your home it's not paid off
3: mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think I would explore possibly selling the home um, and move into something that that is more affordable as an
3: alternative. Mm-hmm. And why would you why would you choose that option?
1: Well, it it just has to do with the fees and the interest that you um, now. If it, it also depends on if you whether or not you have heirs and whether or not you're. Interested in passing on that property to heirs. If you don't have heirs, then the reverse mortgage becomes a little bit more appealing. But if you do have heirs that you want to pass that property on to, that becomes, um, you know, a less desirable option. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Good stuff. All right. Well, do we have anything else on social there?
0: Let's see what we got here, Shanna. We do have uh, Malcolm from North Carolina saying good morning. He likes the studio. Um, And I think that's all we got here on social, but I appreciate so much. Oh, you know what? We also have Shanna. We have uh, Joanne uh, saying, thank you, Shanna. You've helped me so much. I appreciate Joanne. She's always been such a great uh, encourager, especially on Facebook.
1: Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, I do see another one there from James. Oh, that's the one that you were talking about.
0: Yep, that that is one. Uh, you know, Shanna, tax we, loss harvesting. Yeah, we can we can tackle that one now. We actually do have a couple from yesterday that we weren't able to get to. If you want to try to get to some of those,
1: um, I'll try James, and then we'll sure. get to those Sounds other good. ones.
0: Yeah, so James, he's he's asking about tax loss harvesting on MA ninety six.
1: Okay, to offset gains in some fertilizer positions, I sold with a plan of buying it back later. Um, so one of the things that you want to be aware of is what tax bracket you're in. So And whether or not those tax uh, gains and losses are short-term or long-term, that's going to be important, too. If it's a long-term gain, meaning that you've held the position for longer than a year in a day, then um, you could consider doing some of that. But if you're in the 12% tax bracket, your long term capital gains rate is zero. So you want to make sure that uh, a capital gain tax is even something that you need to be uh, concerned about. If it is, then you could of course do that. Now, if you're going to sell it off now, with intentions to buy it back later, you need to be aware of wash sale rules. So you have to wait at least Uh, one month and one day before you can buy that position back or it's considered a wash, meaning that you can't use that loss to offset any gains.
0: Awesome, Shanna. That is good stuff. We got a couple minutes left if you want to try to tackle some of these. I okay, let's can. do it. Yep. Uh, Julie is saying, Shanna, I'm a new partner and new to all of this. I have $5,000 that I want to invest in a biblically responsible company. I will not be retiring for quite a while, so I just want it to grow. It looks like she's just asking for some general advice there, Shanna. I
1: gotcha. So... um If you have $5,000 and you're looking for a company, what I would recommend is that you need to be concerned with diversification. If you've got $5,000 today and you're going to have $5,000 to invest next month and the next month and the next month, then you could look at one position. Um, Otherwise, you want to be concerned about getting being diversified. You don't want to have all of your eggs in one basket as they say. So if that's the case, I would look at the Timothy strategy. If you're a partner, you can go to the website and you can look in your age group and you can find the Timothy uh, asset allocation strategy. If you're just looking at, you know, a couple of positions, it's for very long-term growth, you could look at the ETF strategies. Uh, it doesn't say, didn't say how old she was, did it?
0: Yeah, no, it didn't. I assume since she's not retiring for quite a while, she's probably not nearing retirement age anytime soon, but it doesn't say how old she is.
1: Gotcha. Um, so, so yeah, I would look at those ETFs, uh, those ETF strategies there. If you're just looking for something very, very simple.
0: Awesome. Uh, Shanna, what do you think? You think we have time for one more?
1: Um, I think we're I think we're probably coming up on the end of the show today, and I just wanted to thank everybody for sticking with us. Uh, partnership is very uh, reasonably priced. It's eighty five dollars for a year, not a month, a year. Just to be a basic partner, where you get to participate in the partner conference calls, you get to look at everything on the partner side of the website. You get the benefit of the buy list, which is coming back very, very soon, and um, you know all of those other things. Where we have some some neat things planned. You can still get in on that if you. If you join, it's super easy to do. You go to the website, go to the partner section, and click on Become a Partner. I also wanted to remind you of the campaign that we're doing with India Partners. So we are uh, trying to combat human trafficking and rescue children out of the sex trade so there's five million children in india that are part of the sex trade and if you go and look at our website click on the india partners banner you're going to read some very very disturbing things about what happens to those children over there and we can't all go to the ends of the earth but we can send our dollars so our goal is to raise hundred, help India partners raise $100,000 so that they can offer safety to these children, to offer them food and shelter and education so they don't get trapped in that same way of life. So check that out and uh, pray about it and see where the Lord leads. We just want to remind you that the Lord is coming back. The Master's coming back. There's going to be a test about what we did with our time, talent, and treasure. Let's be found good and faithful stewards. I'm Sheena Burke with Financial Issues.
2: If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.